Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. For all the conversation about last night's matchup between Philadelphia and Boston and what it means for the Celtics' future, if they get eliminated in these playoffs, the real question might be, what's going to happen to the Celtics' future tonight? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Presented by Progressive Insurance, I'm Jason Fitz, apparently flying solo. All right, th- this happens every every single day in the 2 o'clock hour. We know, like, uh, I'm just going to be the first to admit to y'all, like, I tinkle a lot. I know I tinkle a lot, so I got to go tinkle a lot. So, you know, it's not uncommon throughout the course of the show for me to go tinkle several times. Harry uh, also had to go tinkle in the last break, but apparently when you live in the island of Douglasville, like, you can't get back to the show in time. And not only, he's just now getting back, he's just now putting his headphones in, and he has a huge bag of food. Like, Harry, Harry, what, what are we doing? Like... Yeah, what 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 are we doing, Harry? Like I thought you were gonna go tinkle, which means the moving walkway and then the horses and the chariots and everything. Because when you live in a compound, it takes a long time to do that. You probably said hi to the security people along the way. I get all that. Had to check in, like check your luggage for the flight, and then you get back. They're about, they're about to get fired for okay. not telling me the, the time that I needed. Because I was trying to rush. I had to go get my chips and dip, my queso and my chips, and I started making a salad. And I said, I don't think I have time to finish this salad. Let me run back. Nope, I spilled didn't. cheese. Cheese is all on the kitchen floor in there because I'm running down with hot cheese trying to get back downstairs. I'm just curious because earlier in the first segment of the show, we were talking about cake and ice cream. And I was asking you about this, you know, which kids <laughs> like on your ice cream. And I said, you said, I don't know. It's for my kids. I don't eat like that. You're eating chips and salsa during their chips and queso during the two o'clock hour. And you still look like a golden <laughs> god. How does this happen? Like, I, I'm literally sitting here Sucking on some sort of a weird protein Whoa. shake. This Whoa. is my like I got two. You're protein drinking. Shakes. You're what? drinking the protein shake. What? You're drinking it. I'm I'm powering through two protein <laughs> shakes a day during our show and, and and eating the same regimented protein bagel with like you know three eggs and uh, chicken. I got like this regimented diet while I'm trying to get down to some level. And it's not like I'm a big guy. Well, I'm a tiny guy. And then you're walking me. around and you just your abs have your abs step away from your other other abs to eat the the chips and queso can, and then they tell, still can get I tell ab you powers. Why? Let me tell you why. What? It's like, you know, this Marvin Sapp song. Uh, he's a gospel singer. Mm. He saw the best in me <laughs> when everyone else around me could only see the worst in me. You know what? He saw the best in me. <laughs> That's the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. Dev, Ev, I'm going to have to cancel our kickball league on Sundays. I'm going to start going to church for 12 hours a day, and then I'm going to stop. At 12 hours every Sunday, I'm just going to go to church all day. I'm going to I'm gonna pray about these abs, and then the rest of the week, I'm going to stop going to Orange City and see what. No, I'm not. You know what? Just spray them all. Just spray paint them all. Oh, that's just not a bad idea. Uh, okay, so uh, obviously, Harry, Harry, while you were away getting your 18-course <laughs> meal uh, and relieving yourself, uh, we, we mentioned the fact that uh, there's a lot of conversation about what went wrong for the Celtics last night. Uh, and, and then the question becomes, well, what's the Celtics' future look like? But let's remember that tonight, the Celtics' future actually takes a turn because there is the All-NBA team will be announced tonight at 7 p.m. All right? If if Jalen Brown makes well, one of three five-man All-NBA teams in 2023, 
he becomes eligible to receive a five-year, $290 million Supermax contract extension from the Celtics this offseason. If wow. he does not, then he will make $100 million less. It's a $100 million difference if he hears his name called on TNT today. First of all, I don't even know what kind of watch party you throw for that because you, you, you know, you're watching it to see if you get that $100 million. But second, that's a massive difference to the entire way that organization is going to be built. No, 100%, right? I think we most recently know Clay Thompson in 2019 who didn't make any of the all-NBA teams, and it really affected him being able to get the Supermax with the Golden State Warriors, and we've seen how upset he was about that. But I think a guy in Jalen Brown who's been phenomenal all season for the Boston Celtics, we're talking about a guy who's averaging 26.6 points per game this regular season, and he's also balling out for the Celtics in this playoffs. He's going to make one of the all-NBA teams, so he's going to be able to get that $290 million versus that $190 million, which is a massive $100 million, you talk about generational wealth, $190 million is already generational wealth, but $290, mm. that, that, that is a massive different change, and you can have a lot of more different conversations at 290 more so than you can at 190 I know people may say that's crazy, but you're in a different, you're in a different, a different room when you're, when you're making 290 now. Now, let's be honest. Jalen Brown is going to sign that Supermax. Doesn't mean that he'll decide he wants to be with Boston forever. We know how the NBA works. He may sign that Supermax and decide he wants to go somewhere else. We have no idea how that's going to be. But what we do know right now is that things haven't looked right for the Celtics throughout the course of the playoffs. And that's something that Tim Bontemps was hanging out with us earlier. And we asked him specifically to give us the breakdown of the why. And the why on this is, I'll have Devin go and play this for us. This is Tim Bontemps telling us the difference between this year's Celtics and last year's Celtics. You know, last year, this is a team that was built around the defensive identity of having Robert Williams and Al Horford on the back line. They played Grant Williams a lot more. You know, Ime Adoka sort of lean defense when he had a choice, whether to go offense or defense. Well, when you look at what this Celtics team is now under Joe Missoula, they lean offense. They're an offense first team. They're starting Derek White. They're playing small. They hardly ever play Williams and Horford together. You know, they, they, Joe Mazzula defaults to the offensive choice and the offensive solution to a problem. Look, that's won them a lot of games. It's gotten in the position that they're in. But you saw last night when those threes weren't falling, there wasn't really a plan B. And I would say this it's a different in mindset when you're playing the Boston Celtics when you have a Al Horford and a Robert Williams in that lineup. And then you had Marcus Smart, who was a defensive player of the year. So you, their mindset defensively is that we're going to intimidate you. We're going to be better than you defensively. Therefore, you can't score more points than we can score offensively on top of us being excellent on that end of the court as well. That's not the mindset of the Boston Celtics right now. But when you talk about a Jason Tatum, a guy who can score the basketball at will, a Jalen Brown who can score the basketball at will – I can't see the Boston Celtics breaking these two guys up. Those type of guys don't grow on trees now. It's, it's not like you go to the store and buy a damn pack of M&Ms or a pack of Skittles and you just find Jason Tatum's and Jalen Brown's running around here. So I think for the Celtics organization, you have to keep those cornerstone pieces together because they are so great 
offensively, but they also, when they're locked in, they can play defense at a high level too. And you have to do everything you can if you're Boston to keep these guys together because stars are difficult to find. And yep. think about if either of those players went to another team, it would be a day's worth of content on what a superstar they just got. doesn't matter what team they would be on. So often when we're talking about free agency, we don't even care about fit. How do they fit together? We don't care. We want stars together in the NBA. Well, you got two of them together. You have two stars together, and you have one of the deeper rosters in the entire association playing in Boston. That's why the more that we continue to talk about this, the more we have to realize there are really only, in my mind, there's two solutions to the Celtics. Either Joe Mazzulla gets the experience quickly, grows up on the job quickly, and becomes the coach he needs to be for this team, or this team's going to be looking for a new coach. Because it is a hell of a lot easier to find a new coach for an NBA team than it is to find a new superstar. We see it every time we have these discussions. Coaches are dispensable in the league. Players are not. You got two superstars. Those are who you focus on. And I know they just gave Joe Mazzulla that deal to be their coach the next few years, but I'm going to go on a limb and say this. The Boston Celtics are going to give Joe Mazzulla next year. And if things aren't in the proper context when it comes to the Boston Celtics and them moving forward on a championship run or championship uh, appearance, I don't know if he's there as their head coach past next year, to be yeah. honest, because now you're wasting years of players who are at the height of their games. He's going to be the amount of pressure that Joe Mazzulla is going to feel if this playoff series ends and the Celtics go home, the amount of pressure he's going to feel all offseason the amount of pressure he's going to feel no. all season next year. There's going to be a very real set of eyes on everything he does because, my God, we live in a world where you can win a championship and be a top seed a couple years in a row, and all of a sudden you're Coach Budenholzer and you don't have a job anymore. So if you're the Celtics and you've got two superstars and you've got depth and you don't have playoff wins – you're going to have a new coach. That can, is, I eat my, can, I, can I eat my queso now? Can I eat, eat my damn queso? queso? Yeah, you can eat your queso now. Just, All right, thanks. Is it spicy? Like, cause it, see, it feels like... No, 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 no. Okay. I, yeah. I, I can't... Just, I don't, yeah. I'm already lactose, so I, it's bad that I'm eating the cheese, but you add spice to it? Oh, man, you talk about soupy? Right, I'm not talking it? about the queso. Uh, <laughs> bloop, bloop. By, 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 I don't know, 20 minutes from now, Harry's going to be in a full diaper, and that's where this <laughs> show's going to go. Uh, coming up, the one player that needs to step up to keep the Warriors season and dynasty alive tonight... We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. fall once again on the road, dropping games three and four to the Lakers in Los Angeles. Now they return to San Francisco for a must-win game five. Will they survive? Coverage begins tonight at 9.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Indeed. Shake it off. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, ooh, ooh. Mm, 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 mm. 
Spitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And your smart speakers, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. The Warriors are trying to shake off poor performance against the Lakers. Shooting the ball particularly has been, I don't know, uh, iffy for them. And it seems like to win games, you probably got to shoot the ball well. Well, the question isn't uh, who's going to win the game. That's too easy. The question is who's got to step up in order for the Warriors to win, Harry. Who do you think has to have that kind of night? I think for me it's Klay Thompson, right? He's the guy who's been there for the Golden State Warriors through their four championships. He has a nickname, Game 6 Clay. Even though I know this is Game 5, he's going to have that uh, have to have that kind of ball game tonight shooting the basketball. And we just got to remember now, this is not the only time the Warriors have been down 3-1. They were down 3-1 versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. And they took one game out of t- uh, at a time and came back and won that series. We look at how they was down 2-0 in the last series versus the Sacramento Kings. They didn't panic. I think this is a situation where they're going to be at home at the Chase Center there in the Bay Area. Get that first win, Fitz. That's all you have to do. Get that first win tonight, and then you worry about game six. Don't worry about game six before you handle business in game five because now you're looking ahead and you're not 100% focused on the task at hand at the moment. And I totally agree with that. My concern is that even if they're 100% focused, is that going to be – like this feels like one of those rare moments where every time we talk about these types of games, you know you're going to get the best version of the Warriors because their back's up against the wall. I also feel like we might get the best version of the Lakers tonight because the Lakers know their opportunity to squish them, right? Like, this just feels like the sort of night where, I don't know, my my, my always wrong gut instinct so far through the NBA playoffs tells me that the, the, the Lakers have an opportunity. They know, you mentioned choke them out, take them out, like finish them, right? I yep. feel like the Lakers have enough experience to know that, and the Lakers are going to be charged up too. So it's going to take... True excellence. I agree with you. Clay has got to be so much better. Not just better. Clay has got to be so much better. Draymond's got to be so much better. We all know the names that need to be so much better. But one of the names I would have said coming into the playoffs they would expect something from was Jordan Poole. But let's remember what Tim Legler said yesterday about Jordan Poole and his performances so far this year. I'm not sure about Jordan Poole anymore. He might. He, I don't know if we see him in this series do anything because I think I think he, the, game, the end of game one has affected him. The criticism he took, the amount of, 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 you know, of people coming at him, and he's a young player, so he's probably looking at social media. He's probably engaged and hearing all the chatter. He's been moody ever since. He doesn't look like his mind's in the right spot. I think he feels entitled to be given stuff rather than go earn it. He's in a bad place, so I don't know we see him. I mean, that's a... That's a staggering statement from Legs. Like, yeah. I think sometimes we all do this. You got to sort of realize the source, right? Tim Legler is not the type to come out and just say, I'm going to willy nilly throw hot takes. In fact, when I did on first take, it was Tim that tried to save me and said, Hey, we don't have to go that far. Like, Tim is a, a, <laughs> a level headed, even killed analyst of the game. When he comes out and he talks about the emotion and that Jordan Poole is not uh, in the right headspace and that he's not going to be a factor in this series. That all comes from what he's seeing. And to me, I just keep thinking, man, he's right. And without Jordan Poole, like, there's a reason he got paid that way. He got paid that way for his playoff performances last year. Now we're sitting around saying, I- I'm not even sure how much he can get on the court because you can't trust him. Well, I-, I think Legs also understands the Warriors as a team. You have a head coach in Steve Kerr 
who was probably one of the most easiest coaches that any player can get along with or try to understand, right? And then you look at a guy in Steph Curry who is one of the most easiest superstars to understand and get along with. You look at Klay Thompson, who's one of the most easiest people to get along with. I can go down the line. I say Draymond might be, you know, fighting a bear, but that, that's just one person. Everyone else on that team is, is pretty easy to get along with, and you don't see the egotistical mindset of those guys. So now you have a guy in Jordan Poole who is moody because he's not getting the playing time but doesn't have the awareness to recognize that he's not performing out there on the basketball court and scoring the basketball, which is his greatest attribute, fits, but also – He's lacking on the defensive end, which is big in his playoff series against LeBron James-led basketball team. But he's also not taking care of the basketball, which is huge in this series because now you're giving a LeBron James-led basketball team more possessions because you're turning it over. Mm-hmm. So now we're talking about two deficiencies here on the defensive end and playmaking ability. And then I'll throw a third one in there. You're not putting the ball in the basket, which is your greatest attribute. So – I don't know why he's feeling some type of way. Like, the proof is in the pudding. That's what Grandma used to tell me. Boy, get out of here. The proof is in the pudding, boy. Like, the proof is in the pudding. You're not performing. So, why are you upset if your minutes are going down? Go out there and perform better. You know, there's also an element of benefit of the doubt that I give Steve Kerr, not just as a coach with adjustments, but I think one of the greatest things that Steve Kerr has done in his career is very Phil Jackson-like. How do you get a bunch of individuals to come together and sacrifice yep. for what the team's trying to do. And that's, you know, at some point, a lot of times with coaches, we hear this argument of, well, they had the best players in the world. Well, of course they won. It's not that easy. When you have the best players in the world, sometimes you have to make sure that all of them feel fed and everybody's egos uh, taken care of and everybody feels like they have a role that's important. Like, there's a lot of balancing to that. And one of the things that Kerr has been masterful about throughout his entire career with the Warriors is doing just that. So when you are the lone exception to that, which is Jordan Poole at this point, the person that's sort of acting at least according to the the sources and the reports that uh, like they have an issue that that has some sort of up in their feels sort of moment, like when you are that person, I keep looking at it and saying, man, if I know that Steve Kerr is the coach that he is and the uh, the the communicator that he is with personalities, and I know Steph is the personality he is, and Clay is the personality. Like, you have a a bunch of people around you there to insulate you and help you push through whatever this thing is that you're feeling to get you to the other side. If you can't, at some point, it's on you. Look look at Steve Kerr's resume, Fitz. He played at a high level when he was with the Bulls. He was able to hit some shots when he was with the Spurs. But look who coached him. Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich, two of the biggest icons on the coaching side of things, right? Now, look at the players that Steve Kerr was able to play with in Chicago and while he was there in San Antonio. Look at those guys. And if you're a player being coached by Steve Kerr, if you can't understand Steve Kerr or or his mindset, then I I honestly got to say something is wrong with you on your end because he's been around – Greatness. He's been around unselfish people. He's been around the greatest player to ever play this game. My GOAT, not yours, Fitz, and Michael Jordan. So Never he's been him. around. And he's a person that took, a, took, took some physical abuse from Michael Jordan. So, yes, he understands and knows what it's like to go through that. Now, if you can't get on the same page with him, 
then something is wrong with you and my eyes. I, that a hundred percent. I feel like we're never going to get the full truth on Jordan uh, Poole until we are far removed from the season. I also feel like I'm going to try and call him Jordan Peele for the rest of my life. But we're not going to get the full truth on Jordan Poole until we are far removed. And it's going to be on some podcast somewhere that we're finally going to find out what the little thorn was in the side and how it became a bigger issue. But it seems to be the thing that continues to hold the Warriors back. And they can't win without greatness from everybody, including Jordan Poole at some point. I don't know that they can get that. Coming up, one easy decision the NFL made today that would not be as easy a month ago. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You just presume that all middle-aged white guys are walking around with some, like, 80s gel and some, like, weird moose? Do you use spritz? No, I don't spritz. I don't spritz. You're the one that was Epsom salting your feet in a tub last night. Yes. And you're talking to me about spritzing? Yes. I buy cleaning you stuff. Supplies. Supplies. There we go. Supplies. As soon as I land in every city, I disinfect the restroom. The bathtub and everything. So, you know, I have a nice size tub because, you know, I had a sweet room. I put some Epsom salt in there, some um, alcohol and peroxide as well. Mix it all in together. And also little bubbles and have my little candles lit in there. I had a nice little bromance with myself. So good. So good. So good. So good. So good. Hey, Harry. Fits don't spritz. I just wanted to say that since you, you know, implied Endorse, that. Endorsement deal, man. I'm trying to hook you oh, up. that's actually fair. Like, if somebody paid me, I'd spritz all day. I'll, I'll spritz for cash. Uh, whatever that means. <laughs> Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Don't forget Lakers at Warriors, Game 5. Lakers are up three games to one. Coverage will begin tonight, 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. You do not want to miss it. Obviously, ESPN Radio will be getting you ready for it all day long but a lot of you are ready for the nfl schedule release which is fine it's fine if you're into it it's fine i i get it it's good it's, it's good the international games came out today we talked a little bit about that earlier but also a couple of key games came out first ever black friday game that's dolphins at jets 3 p.m eastern on amazon i don't even uh, we'll get to the international Glad game. they I call something about. black these days okay, okay. Do you, hey do you know the story of why it's called black friday yeah, I, I actually know the answer to this. This is well, this is a great story. Black Friday got that nickname because retailers operate in the red all year long. All year long, they lose money. Basically, they're paying their bills and their employees and all these things. And the day after Chris or the day after Thanksgiving is traditionally when they start making money for the rest of the year. So a lot of these retailers only make their money. They go in the black starting on that Friday until December thirty first, and that is the origin of the phrase. Black Friday. That's when they're in profit oh, mode. Look at that. Okay. I'm here to educate you. I don't know. Like Dolphins, Jets. We're not sitting home watching that on Black Friday, right? I'd rather I'd rather storm through a Walmart and try and get a be, discounted but TV, I am. right? <laughs> I'll I'll be watching it most definitely. I mean, Evan. Well, well, what, Evan, are you actually going to work that day? Because like I'm presuming we'll be on radio from noon to three. Does that mean we have a watch party at Evan's house? Like, how's that work for you on Black Friday? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I was very nervous that the Jets were actually going to be Thanksgiving Day 
against the Cowboys. And usually during that late game on Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm driving back from my in-laws in New Hampshire. So I catch the whole early game. I catch the late game. But, like, I'm usually driving home. So I was really nervous that was going to be the jet slot. At least now I can spend all Thanksgiving with my wife and then just be like, honey, don't bother me on Black Friday. I'm watching the Jets. Okay. I, look, I mean, at, look, how, look how tough he talking. Honey, don't bother me. I'm watching the game on Black Friday. Evan, I see you saying it with your chest here, mm-hmm. but I know you're not saying it with your chest at home. Yeah, we all know that when he gets home, Evan's like, hey, Casey, can I watch the game? Like a little mouse. Yeah, right? like, can I watch yeah. the game? You don't mind, you don't mind do you? You don't like, mind. Hey, I'll with watch. his head down. You don't mind, do you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we all know what's happening there. Uh, but here's the thing. That game, that game makes some sense. And I understand most of it, even though earlier I complained about the fact that the Jags have two straight games that are overseas. I think that's a huge advantage for them against Buffalo. Here's one game, though, that I am stunned to see is going to be played internationally. And, and, and frankly, it's one of the premier games of the entire season. The fact that they are doing the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Terrible. Internationally. Terrible. Like Tyreek Hill coming back against the Chiefs internationally, I, I cannot, I can't believe it. I'm stunned. Fitz, I, I, I don't understand the rhyme or reason. And, I'm, and you're in Frankfurt, you're in Germany there, and I know you want a lot of people to be attracted to the game, but they're going to come to that game regardless because you don't have many over there uh, to start with. But a game of that magnitude between those two teams and Tyreek Hill, who played with the Kansas City Chiefs, won a Super Bowl there. It, it's verbally telling you he can't wait to go back and put on the show. And then you see LeJarrius Sneed, a cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs, welcome, uh, want to welcome Tyreek Hill and, you know, want to go up against him. Like that whole mindset of taking this game overseas bothers me. I, I, I'm stunned because the storylines on it were so huge. I would have thought that that was going to be a Sunday night game, a Monday night game. That was going to be a marquee, oh my God, game. Also, I'd be mad as hell if I was a Chiefs fan over that game being played in Kansas City because, or being played in Germany. Right. You're losing a home game. And I keep talking about the fact that, look, we're talking about teams that are packed together in the AFC that will need every advantage they can. Now you're talking about two teams that should be, according to what we think right now, fighting for playoff seating. And instead of that game being in Kansas City, which is a massive advantage for the Chiefs, it'll be played in Germany. Like, and the fact that they put that game week nine, that's in November. I mean, Miami traveling to Kansas City in November, if that's the way they were going to do it on the schedule, Mm -hmm. could have been a cold game, could have been a gross game, could have been a bad weather game. Like, all of these things could have happened. And instead, they take it to Germany and they take away that home field advantage. I, I I hate everything about this. Well, well, here's another big one. We talk about Christmas Day, December 25th, a Monday. You have the Eagles at the Giants. And, you know, our bestie Dev is a huge Di- Giants fan. And Dev, man, this, that's not a Christmas yeah, present Dev, for Dev, you, Dev, what man. you going to do on Christmas Day there with the uh, Eagles-Giants? How are we, how we feeling? So here's my uh, my theory on this, right? I'm, oh, uh, Lord. <laughs> how much time do you got? <laughs> no, uh <laughs> I, here's the thing. If they win, it's going to be a Christmas miracle, and I'm going to be happy because it's Christmas. You're True. already happy. If if they lose, which is obviously I'm, I'm realistic, it's more likely, it's going to be Christmas. The presents would have already been open, maybe a hot cocoa. Some, okay. Some drinks are going to be in me. So at that point, like, I'm already well well in, in my way of, like, you know, I guess drinking away the pain. You well, are, I'm glad you said drinks will be in you. I'm glad you specified that. I mean, you are, you are painting a Christmas delight picture. Like, you know, 24 hours of Christmas story finishes just in time to watch the Giants get absolutely destroyed by the Eagles. Like, 
I'll also be I'll also be in uh, sunny South Carolina. So if it's not going well, I can just hit the golf course. I mean, oh uh, uh, yeah, that okay. is that is fair point. In my mind, but, but, though, but, like but, you've got like the record player playing in the background with some sweet Sinatra Christmas music going. You're sipping on a nice little uh, eggnog with a little nutmeg. Yep. That fireplace is going, and and you're watching like a 42 to 10 game. Like, but you you're still sipping on it, just enjoying every ounce uh, of it. I hope it's closer than that. Um, maybe oh, I thought you guys were going to win. Also, Harry, there another statement on these, yes. these London games that I don't understand. You played for the Titans. Now, when yep. I say Titans, one of the Titans' biggest rivals for years, the Baltimore Ravens. Like, mm-hmm. Ravens-Titans is still significant to people in Nashville. They took, of all the games, they took that game that was supposed to be in Nashville and they moved that one out to London, and and again, I just I, I'm a little dumbfounded by how they did these because these are all significant. Like it's not often that the Ravens will play in Nashville, and they took that game and moved it. Okay, but we're gonna skip that. Can we get to the game that's most important oh, on, on this entire list? Uh, okay. New Year's Eve, uh, where we have the Cincinnati Bengals going to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. I can't wait for that one. I, I I can't wait. And it's going to be after the college football playoffs, right? So after the semifinals game, so the very next day, I get to see Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. This Come is on, This is the NFL telling you squarely that Burrow versus Mahomes is about to be Manning versus Brady for a generation. We thought that anyway. Both of these teams are in really good situations to continue to win their division for a long time, and that's part of what made Brady versus Manning so special. You always knew the Patriots were going to be division winners. You always knew the Colts were going to be division winners, and as such, they were going to play every year the way the schedule works. We are in that same limelight here with with Cincinnati taking on Kansas City, and you mentioned New Year's Eve. I think that's important because you and I work a lot in college football, right? College football ratings have been bad on New Year's Eve. They decided to put a game on New Year's Eve. How do you fix that issue? I don't know. You put the two biggest brands of quarterback up against each other in a game that could mean everything for home field advantage in the playoffs. Like, only one team gets a bye. You know, Burrow versus Mahomes. Like, they can just call me right now. I can write the the foreword for that and, and do it like a child. Oh, wow. I see... Evan's team on this list, Black Friday. I see Devin's team on this list for Christmas. I see the Falcons on this list when it comes to a London game. Wow, we're missing a team. The Raiders. The Raiders aren't on any of these lists at the moment. Yeah, wow, that's because they, they understand the magnitude of the brand, and what they wanted to do is save the Raiders to make them flexible <laughs> to a big national highlight because we all know that on Friday I'm going to tell you how the Raiders win 11 games. Like that's, I'm going to tell the world how the Raiders can win 11 games on Friday. I don't know how I'm going to get there math-wise, but when that happens, and at the end of the year Jimmy G is not only sensual, but he's sensual on the field – all of a sudden, they're going to need the opportunity to flex the Raiders into those spots. I like my steak medium, please. Oh, my God. That's because for anyone that hasn't been paying attention, we have a show bet, and the team with the worst record out of all of us, which is dead. I mean, there's no doubt which team has the worst quarterback. That's the Falcons. The team with the best, the, the worst record has to buy dinner at a steakhouse for everybody else. So that'll be the Falcons. I mean, you still got to have a quarterback. Harry Douglas might end up being the quarterback for the Falcons by the end of the year. 
You <sighs> disrespectful little rat. Wait till you hear what I have to say about Daniel <laughs> Not Jones. Not that big of an emergency yet. I mean, look, all we all I know is that by that point, Aaron Rodgers will have gone back into the darkness and figured he doesn't need football. We'll be reminded Daniel Jones was mediocre at best anyway. Desmond Ritter will be on the bench and the Falcons will be tanking so they can get a top draft pick. And in the meantime... Jimmy G will be making a porn video. Like, uh, yeah, it, it, Because it'll look like porn on a field. It's just going to look that <laughs> that sexual every I know single which team Sunday. Has the best head coach. I'll put it that coach of the year. That's all I'll say. Could he grow a couple inches too? I mean, Josh McDaniels could be the coach of the year this year. We'll see where it goes. Fitz and Harry's presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? Most of the people in the coaching staff of the Raiders probably are. Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. I'm not feeling positive about things. I am positive that one NBA expert is interviewing for an NBA head coaching job, but maybe he should be auditioning for the WWE. We'll explain it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. fall once again on the road, dropping games three and four to the Lakers in Los Angeles. Now they return to San Francisco for a must-win game five. Will they survive? Coverage begins tonight at 9.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Indeed. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Got a little bit of a Woj bomb today. As Woj tweeted out, 15-year NBA veteran and ESPN analyst J.J. Redick interviewed for the Toronto Raptors coaching job this week, sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski on Wednesday. So J.J. Redick uh, out there, uh, you know, interviewing for the job. We'll see what comes from it, obviously. Uh, but really cool for us as you know teammates at ESPN to see uh, one of our one of our favorites and somebody that you see all the time on first take and get up out there flexing some muscles Harry I, I love that and it speaks to what they're constantly looking for in NBA like we spent some time a lot of time today talking about coaches it's a, it's a very special set of skills and NBA teams are constantly trying to scour everywhere to find the right guys yeah, and I love the NBA when it comes to hiring coaches because they don't mind to have and have no issue with bringing formal players into those head coaching roles because especially when they play at a very, very high level because they, they can understand a player from all aspects, right? Way of living, um, family things, uh, playing at a high level, a grind during the season. And they, they're able to reach, I, I think, guys more so when it's like that nowadays, especially because the mindset of the players coming in are different more so than it was about 10 years ago. So I, I love the NBA and, 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 you know, interviewing former players, but also hiring the, uh, those guys as well to be head coaches. Which is, we see more and more of it in the NFL from assistant coaches too. Like, you want guys that played the game. If, you're, if your main clipboard holder isn't that guy, then you need other people in the locker room that can relate. And obviously... Yep. That's part of what J.J. Redick would be great at. But also, maybe 
He should be auditioning for the WWE. Hear me out. We all heard the take. Greeny was trending on Twitter because he said the Lakers should rest their starters with a 3-1 lead, basically acquiesce that they stand no chance in Game 5 and just wait for Game 6. And J.J. Redick went full professional wrestling with this response on first take. On Greeny's show, they're talking about resting the Lakers starters in a 3-1 series. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? I lost a series to the Houston Rockets up 3-1. You got to put them away. You got to put them away. And secondly, we're talking about playoff workload, minutes in the playoffs. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? You complain all season long about load management. And we get to the playoffs and guys play 40 minutes and you get mad. What? You can't have it both ways. Ooh, JJ. <laughs> I love every bit of it. I agree with you, JJ. Now, I want to add one more thing to that. You got to choke them out. You got to choke them out when you have the opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. You don't give them room to breathe. But, JJ, I love what you presented, my man. I love what you presented. I love that we now have the Hulk Hogan theme song playing in the background, brother. This is uh, making my entire heart happy. You know the 80s wrestling fan of me. I love JJ getting fired up. He's also right, right? Especially when he said at the, what he said at the end. How many times have we sat here and complained, I hate load management. Now we're in the NBA playoffs, and this is the moment where somebody's going to be like, well, you know, I don't want to call it load management, but maybe we should just have all the superstars from the Los Angeles Lakers sit out a damn playoff game? Like, oh, come on. If the Lakers do that, if we actually tell the Lakers to do that, we support the Lakers doing that, and then the <laughs> Lakers do that, we should all grab a huge glass of shut-the-hell-up juice the next time any of us have anything to say about load management in general. Fitz, I'm telling you right now, LeBron James does not want to be on the side of history of allowing Steph Curry in the Golden State Warriors coming back and beating his team that he leads – when being down 3-1, when he did it to Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors to win an NBA championship. Do you know how terrible that would be for LeBron James and his legacy? Do, if, it, that, if, he, if that happens? It, it, it would never be allowed to happen. That's, LeBron would never, <laughs> like, th- th- it's so simple to me. This is the way the conversation would go. Darvin Ham would walk in. And he would say, hey, LeBron, uh, we're going to load manage tonight. Just wait. Look, we'll just give this one up. Don't worry about it. We're going to sit everybody, and we are going to bring you back for game six. You know what the response to that would be? LeBron would be— I'm going to coach the team tonight, Coach. You, you take this one off. LeBron would look at him and be like, thank you so much for your help this season. You can see yourself out. Please pack your things and go. We're going to go play this game. Like, there is no – the the thought of just walking up to Darvin and being like, hey, hey, Coach, we're going to need you to tell LeBron that he's taking tonight off. The hell you are. Like, that's – I'm, I'm going to coach the team tonight, Coach. You, you take this one off. Go, go be with your family. I mean, Darvin Ham would be better off just getting the flu and sitting this game out himself rather than delivering that message because mm-hmm. if he did it, LeBron would make sure that that was the last game he coached uh, of LeBron at any point. It's absurdity. We love JJ's response to it. We also love Candy and Carlin. You don't want to miss them. I'm sure Bam Bam Bigelow's got some WWE references to give you too. Thanks for hanging out with Fitz and Harry. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.